Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Boy, I had a great time last Sunday at Matt Sorois's Bingo for Autism. Yes, yes, yes. Our very own Matt Sorois from Brian and Company, part of our morning crew here on WTIC News Talk 1080. Uh, it's, this was his second time doing it. Bingo for Autism in Meriden at the Elks Club. Uh, it was last Sunday where he raises money for the ASRC of Meriden Wallingford. And he was able to raise about $5,000 for the charity this year, which I thought was absolutely incredible. And, you know, me personally, I am more inclined to be part of a charity or give to a charity if I can actually see it. And what I mean by that is, you know, I can get any kind of offer in the mail and I could cut a check for 25 bucks and mail it out and then I end up getting a ton of promotional gifts in return. And I don't want that. You know, I, I want to actually see a grassroots charity, and that's exactly what Matt is doing. And so um, congratulations on raising the five grand, Matt. I just want to say that publicly. And I had a great time calling bingo with you and some other people, Brian Shackman from our morning show as well. He was there. He is Brian of Brian & Company. And uh, it was a great time, and I got to meet some WTIC 1080 listeners. There were a lot of strangers there just from the regular Meriden community, and you get to talk to them, and you get to spend some time with them and socialize a little bit. But there were some folks there that were WTIC News Talk 1080 fans, and they came up and they're like, you're Morgan Cunningham. I'm like, yeah, I am. So it's always great to meet those people as well and be united for one big cause. So, Matt, thanks for putting that on, and we look forward to doing it again next year should you do it. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it. So hopefully we'll be able to um, be part of it yet again. All right, this week on Spotlight Connecticut, it's all about Taylor Swift. And here's what I've been telling people. If you don't know much about Taylor's music, you're missing out, and you should go check out some of her songs. They're really great. But even if you don't know too much about Taylor, her story or her journey or her music, you don't necessarily have to for this conversation. I'm going to be talking with three students at UConn. And by the way, congratulations to the UConn men's basketball team. What an exciting week and what an appropriate week. This was not planned, by the way. I did not intend to do this UConn show just because UConn won the basketball tournament. It has nothing to do with it, in fact. Uh, this was planned several weeks back. Um, we're going to be talking with three UConn students that helped to start a club about Taylor Swift, her music, and her business practices, her self-marketing, and they're trying to take little lessons from Tay-Tay and try to implement them into their own lives. Their names are Richmond Lay, Alexander Bowden, and Joseph Stone, and we're going to learn from the three of them what they are getting out of Taylor Swift's music and business model and how they're applying it in their own lives and sharing it with other students. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, I'm Eric from Glastonbury, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Joseph Stone, let's start with you. You're graduating UConn just in about a month and a half, and that is so exciting for you, I know. And I want to take everybody back to when you were just getting started in your involvement in Club Swift, which has been such a popular group there at UConn. It's been studying everything to do with Taylor Swift. Um, you're looking into the music, you're looking into her business practices, you're looking into her self-promotion tactics, and even for our 1080 listeners that aren't that familiar with Taylor Swift's music, that's fine, because you don't have to be that familiar with her music for this conversation today, and I recommend you check it out if you're not too familiar with her music. But Joe, I kind of want to know about the earliest days of the group and how you got started in it. Yeah, I mean, about a year, I think it was a year and a half ago, 
uh, Taylor had this album coming out and it was actually a re-recording to her famous album, Red. And uh, at this time, campus was pretty quiet. There weren't a lot of people even living on campus, coming to school in classes, you know, in-person classes. And we just felt like, okay, we know that there's a bunch of Swifties out there. We know that people really like her Taylor's music. We also know that there's not a lot of community right now on campus. And so... So just, Joseph, not to interrupt you, just to make sure I have the timing correct. So this is going down as the COVID pandemic was raging, correct? It was later on. I think it was um, fall of 2021. But, you know, it was still present in our society. And so we said, what the hell? We'll make an Instagram account. And we kind of gained traction on Instagram. And a bunch of people followed us. We amassed like 600 followers. And that was kind of paired with a poster campaign where we had people going around photographing unique posters that had to do with Taylor's eras and posting them to their own Instagram stories to follow our Instagram account. It was called Yukon Club Swift. And so, yeah, it was just kind of a guerrilla marketing to the max. I like this, Joseph. Now, I've got three people that we're talking with on Spotlight Connecticut. Joseph Stone, also joined by Richmond Lee and Alexa Bowden. Now, Richmond, Alexa, and Joseph, were the three of you friends before this? Yeah, we were. And how did you guys all meet? You met at UConn? Yeah. So we're all actually, um, we take business classes together, too. And are you all in the same kind of major or are you guys studying different things, but just happen to be in some business classes together? Very we are not majors. studying similar things. <laughs> oh, okay. I think that's Very different beautiful thing. that we, you know, we have all these different goals, but we were united um, by our love and, and passion for Taylor and, and her music. I am so fascinated by Taylor Swift's incredible popularity, right? Now, I'm a big fan of music, so I love Beatles music. I love Rolling Stones music, although I like the Beatles more, but that's beside the point. But the fact of the matter is that Taylor is a superstar, much like some other superstars of decades and genres that came before her. And, you know, there are older people who like Taylor Swift. There are younger people in college who like Taylor Swift as well. So what is it about this popularity that's resonating not only at UConn, but across the country and for different people of different backgrounds and of different interests, all liking one person's music. What is it, Richmond? Actually, your um, statement reminded me of a piece that another singer, Sean Mendez, wrote about Taylor, which was Taylor's songwriting and her lyrics make old people feel young again and make young people feel like they can do anything. <laughs> um, and it really is her attention to detail and how she's able to tell such a colorful story in, in one phrase, in one sentence, um, and then turning it into a song that everyone can sing along to in the shower, in the car, while they're walking around uh, on campus. That's, that's what I do. Um, I think she's done a wonderful job of penetrating our lives in, in different ways and, and being so relatable. Um, and because of that skill, she's able to do it across so many genres. Um, it's not just country music. Um, even though she started there, um, she 
was able to enter pop music, um, get into hip hop, R&B, um, and even uh, alternative um, over 2020 um, when she put out the Folklore and Evermore albums. So um, she definitely keeps everyone surprised too. Alexa, let's bring you into the conversation here for a few minutes. So obviously, Joseph and Richmond are big fans. I don't even have to ask you. I know that you're a big fan as well. And as far as your interest in the club and your participation levels, are you surprised at how quickly it has grown to a few hundred students in such a short period of time? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think when we started it, we knew there was a big, a wide audience that would be interested in this club. But the amount of people that are really invested in what we do, I think was shocking. Our first event had over 250 people. And that was, you know, a month or something after we had started our club. First so event, just, huh? Wow. Yeah, big event, a lot of work, a lot of rehearsing. So it is very rewarding and it's great to see the people enjoying what we do. But it's definitely more than I had ever pictured we would be achieving did this kind of get the ball rolling you know by you reaching out to maybe five or ten friends in richmond and joseph doing the same thing and they told their friends or was it really just go on social media and say hey look at what we're doing and other students at uconn just happened to stumble upon it and they joined from your perspective was it just kind of random people interested uh, saw it and joined or did it kind of grow a little bit by friendships that you three have? No, it was based on what Joe was saying earlier with the marketing campaign. So at the start of our club, we didn't state who was running the organization. And so that was part of the whole intrigue is who's putting up these posters. It's all a mystery. Where is this coming from? And getting people on campus involved with having to take pictures, getting people talking about it in that way. So word of mouth isn't coming from us. It's coming from the people seeing our posters and spreading it to their friends. I remember I had a friend in class when we finally revealed who was running the club and I was best friends with him. He had no idea it was even me because that's how much people were talking about it. It was all on social media pages around school. You don't hear a good <laughs> grassroots story too often, but this is definitely one of those stories. Yeah, very much so. Did you guys ever face problems like, you know, you'd put up a poster and would it be taken down? Did you have to get them approved by campus or did you just oh. put them up and say the hell with it and hope that they stayed up? No, no, our, our things got removed a lot or other clubs would take them down so that they could put up their own posters because there's limited space on campus for where you're allowed to put things up. And so we would have to go back, put things back up again. I mean, our posts on Instagram would get taken down as well. Really? For, yeah, Instagram likes to flag things. It's highly frustrating. But um, yeah. It's it's hard to get the word out there for school, and then you also have to get it approved in a certain, if you're putting it in certain buildings, just to make sure it's appropriate and you're not doing copyright things of that sort. But yeah, I bet this is I, definitely rewarding, though, that the three of you are putting in all of this effort and bringing together some, I don't know, 300 people. Mm -hmm. Just adding on to that, I think much like Taylor, our story as a club has been a story of resilience. We have encountered a lot of I guess you could call them threats to our organization, whether it be internally trying to put on events in time while there's still hype about a certain um, subject. For example, we had put on a midnight's listening party 
and we had to push the date further a week further because we couldn't get everything together in time on social media we've also um, encountered a couple of threats when it was instagram taking down our stuff we had an account go down you know like taylor again we have taken it in stride i think we we took that and built it to our advantage we took our anonymity as an organization and we said okay, who's Club Swift? Like, what's the mystery? And we didn't tell any of our friends that we were doing it. So it's been really, really fun and really rewarding in that way. Joseph, there's this quote in an article about your club that I'm reading, and I'm going to read it to you. Most of us are not going to become international rock stars. Now, I don't know exactly who said it. I believe that it might be the professor that came and talked in a special event with you guys. Do you know who said that, Joseph? I think Richmond said that. Richmond said that. Yeah. Well, all right. So what do you mean by that? We call ourselves Yukon Club Swift, and we are using her story and the positive aspects of her career to enhance the lives of students on campus. And so we realize we're going to school here. We're, many of us probably aren't going to be on a stage in a stadium full of 76,000 people anytime soon. But what we can do is realize, okay, I'm a business major. Somebody might be a philosophy major in STEM. How can we learn from what Taylor does and apply it into our goals? As a business major, Richmond, I'm curious, are you taking specific lessons from Taylor Swift's business model, her marketing, the way that she deals with, you know, the criticism that she got with the Ticketmaster situation, right? There are so many different angles to her career as a business, not her as a person, not her as a talent. I'm curious, as a business student, Richmond, what are you learning from her as basically a business person? I'll start by um, going over how I've interacted with Taylor's work throughout okay. the years. I think about it as I'm understanding her personal brand, how she responds to questions and in interviews, networking, um, that all connects to how to succeed in the professional workplace. Um, I look at her public speaking skills and use that as an inspiration to how I should present myself in a professional setting. Um, and going off of the marketing side, we, as Joe stated, we learned from what she does about how to pivot. If there's a challenge in our way, like an account being taken down, we're going to find a way to change our message, but still remain with the original values of our organization to thrive. All right. So what I'm going to do next and I just thought of this in the last five seconds, so we'll see how this goes. One by one, Richmond, Alexa, and Joseph, maybe in that order, because why not? Because that's how I see you guys on the screen here. So we'll just go left to right. I'm going to ask each one of you what you're studying, and Richmond, we know it's business, and I'm going to ask you what one professional goal is of yours in, say, the next five years, and I'm curious what inspiration Taylor might be giving you to help you achieve that goal in the next five years. Does that make sense? Yes. I All right, like Richmond, that. let's start with you. So I'm a healthcare management major, minor in political science. Um, I'm going into health benefits consulting, which is about improving um, the lives of others based on their needs. And something that Taylor does with her work is understanding 
not only how to um, tell her story and use personal narratives, but understand what um, affects the lives of others and how um, her lyrics can connect and have someone relate to, to help them with their own challenges. Alexa, let's ask you the same question. So what are you studying? And in the next five years, how is Taylor going to help you accomplish your professional goals? I'm double majoring in business and engineering, focusing on manufacturing. And something that I really want to focus on in the workspace, particularly because I am a woman in a field that's not highly dominated by women, I want to make sure that my voice is heard and that if I'm in a team, they feel the impact of my presence. And I think that that's something she's talked about a lot. She's spoken about it in her music. She's spoken about it in interviews, just how she's perceived in the workforce and making herself known. And obviously she has so many fans, but doing that in spite of gender biases. And so taking inspiration for how she's gone through that and been resilient, I think is something that I look up to her and I hope to implement that when I'm in the workforce. And Joseph, last but not least, your next, what you're studying and your next five years, how you're going to accomplish your professional goals. I am majoring in environmental science and I have a minor in business data analytics. Um, the next five years, I am going to be going into marketing digital analytics. Um, and I think Taylor really inspires me in how she always has her hand on the pulse of the market and, and you know what's going to come next she always knows the sound of the time she always knows the merchandise that people want to buy and want to wear if vinyls are popping she's going to put out four different kinds of vinyls that are collectible if that is really incredible that vinyl is hot right now and i'm going to all kinds of stores even stores like walmart and i'm finding vinyl and taylor swift is there right just had to throw exactly. that out. You know, she she knows she's an excellent musician, but she also knows what people want. She knows how to market herself as a brand. That foresight, that analytical um, mindset is something I really value. We're going to hear more from UConn Club Swift a little later this hour on WTIC News Talk 1080. And we're also going to relive that moment when I brought in the cheesecake to Brian and Company this week. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. During Brian and Company during the week, you know, we talk about a lot of heavy issues, a lot of hard-hitting news, a lot of difficult stories at times and serious stories and things that need a lot of deep analysis. And then there are other times where we just have some good old fun. And, um... Oftentimes because of my role, which keeps me very busy behind the scenes, I don't often get to take part in all of the fun that can sometimes happen on the morning show. Ryan and company weekdays starting at 530 on WTIC News Talk 1080. But that was a different situation on Tuesday this week because I did get to take part in some of the fun. For the last year and a month now since I joined Brian and company doing the morning weekday news anchoring, They've always been talking about, oh, you know, Morgan, he likes to do baking, and Morgan likes to do this, and Morgan likes to do that. And after a while of this, I started to get the feeling that they think I was just blowing smoke and a lot of hot air. Oh, you know, Morgan, uh, he's he's a baker, but he never brings anything in, you know, was kind of the attitude. And I said, all right, well, I think I'm going to fix this. And I brought in some goodies. I brought in a homemade cheesecake. And we sampled it live on the air. I baked the cheesecake on Sunday of last week. 
I let it chill for a little over 24 hours, about a day and a half, and brought it in on Tuesday morning. We sampled it live on the radio at 8.10, and Brian and Matt analyzed it. Now, I will tell you, actually, you know what? I'm going to play the clip, and then I'll tell you what I've got to say about it after you have heard the sampling of the cheesecake on Brian and Company. On the count of three. One, two, three. All right, we are coming up on 8.08, so that means, Brian and Matt, in just a few moments, we will be trying the cheesecake live on the air. Or has anybody had a little bit during my news? We were we promised each other we would not do that. All right, all right. Unless Matt has cheated. Not a crumb. No, I did not. <laughs> it's not been a... sitting here staring me in the face. That's tough. It's, it's, it's Mine's cu- over here. It's cut differently than the restaurant cheesecake. It's, it's, it's not like a low... And long slice, it's sort of a thicker and shorter slice, and it's marbled. So the chocolate the, the, is marbled into it, which, yes. I, which I like. And what kind of crust is it? It's a graham cracker crust, regular graham cracker. You know, I mean, I'm all fine with off-the-shelf crusts. I mean, all the graham, all graham cracker crusts are good to me. So That's a homemade you you graham cracker you, crust. You, I was going to ask you, you yes. ground it up yourself. Yes. How do you bond it? Butter. Oh. Butter is the secret. Sometimes you can put sugar in there too. I did not. I did not add sugar to the crust. We'll dig into this. Oh, I'm not waiting. We'll dig. No, into you're this. Matt. No, 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 no. Matt, we're not going to talk about it till after tra- to weather. No, not from. <laughs> All right, so he's <laughs> he's, he's already had a bite. Well, we'll dig into this more and for? analyze. I don't know. Life's too short, I guess. Eight eleven here. I'm Brian and Company. I have a food coma. I can feel it coming on. So Matt, should I just? I'm not going to eat mine first before I ask you. Well, how Matt you like was it. a cheater. He already did it. Yeah, where's the discipline, oh, Matt? Goodness well, gracious. he already had waited like ten <laughs> minutes. I brought it in for it. Been staring at me for ten minutes. What am I supposed to do? Now, this at the base, it's dark at the bottom. Is that just how it mixed? Because there was that. It is kind of how it mixed. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Are you going to eat it too? Yes. So here we go. Ryan's taking a bite. So am I. Okay, I'm gonna mm. you know I'm gonna do my bar stoolish kind of like one bite everybody knows the rules. Okay, Matt, you want to go first? I'm gonna eat some more. I mean, the fork sinks into it real nice. It's got a nice texture to it. It's silky, which sometimes like cheesecakes can be too dense and can like really ruin it. This is like silky and like really mixed well. First of all, for a homemade for a homemade cheesecake, it's delicious. It is. Well, if, I, if I were going to give any constructive criticism from my standpoint, I would go less chocolate. Less chocolate. Yeah, I like the cheese more than the chocolate. Okay. But it, I mean, I'm not compl- I'm not complaining at all. I think it's delicious, and actually, the uh, I, I you know usually. It's a very thin uh, crust, and I like a little more the the graham cracker because I I happen to really like graham cracker. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the crust is good. What's your score? Held together. What's your score? Really, it didn't, didn't crumble either. So, out of ten, yeah, going like a solid eight point two. Wow, that's aggressive. Eight point two. We're getting the decimal point. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the all right. And honestly, right. if you if you follow like the pizza reviews, anything in the eights. Is off the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to like make someone see God. Yeah, for, for a nine. <laughs> I would drive well, out. I would see, drive out to Morgan's hometown for this. You see, if I had made my chocolate <laughs> Irish cream cheesecake, we'd be in the nines, I think. 
Well, we'll have to. But we did the marble. We'll have to check in. That's the Christmas cheesecake. So you, you, we've got. We have some to wait time. a few months for that. Yeah, after Thanksgiving, <laughs> maybe I'll break that it's one out. It's delicious. I would, you know, I, I I tend to be an a fighter of great inflation, so I would go like mm. seven eight. But I mean, again, you have to know the standard. Is that like the next cheesecake in line? There's not like no Fourth of July cheesecake that we can look forward to or anything. Yeah, no, do we have to wait till hot. Christmas? It's too hot. I don't like using the oven in like the oh, summer. Come on. Oh, Morgan. Come on. Morgan. I have baked. Put down the my, social right. security check right. and here it is. No. I'll, I'll throw down a challenge right now: red, white, and blue cheesecake, blueberries, strawberries. Oh my gosh! And but is, I don't like fruit on a cheesecake. Oh, it's not about you, it's not Morgan. About you, it's Morgan. about us. <laughs> don't you realize that? But how can I make a good one if I don't like it? You gotta fake now, it till you right, make it. All right, folks. My birthday is in July, middle of July, and I have made birthday cheesecakes in the past. I didn't do it last year, but one time I made a cannoli cheesecake. <laughs> For my that birthday. How about this? How about Matt and I come up with some sort of cake for you on your birthday? Okay. And you make us that blueberry strawberry cheesecake on your birthday. Mm. Does Can this you do cake that? that you're making for me, does it involve peanut butter? No, it probably involves buying something. But if we're going to do something baked, we either have to involve Lexi Soroyce or Annie Shackman, mm. uh, which we could do. Okay. I'm just saying, like, can we nego- Like, we don't have to do all the negotiations now, but can we negotiate something like that? Because, I mean, listen, Perhaps. you have almost all of April, May, and June. It's three months. It's enough to recharge your cheesecake-making batteries, and maybe, you know, you can sacrifice a little by doing the fruit thing, and then Matt and I will we'll come up with some sort of birthday present slash cake for you. All right, all right. We might have to do this. That's our opening off. Now, I agreed after that, after that, to bake a blueberry or strawberry cheesecake, likely strawberry, with freshly picked berries this summer. So we will have to do an update on this down the line. But the thing I was going to say before we rolled that audio, before we played it, I'm sad that it only got an 8.2 and a 7.8 in the rating. I think it should have been higher. And I shared it with Bob, our good old IT buddy, down the hall, and he gave it a 9.9 so as not to inflate my ego and give it a 10. We'll be back with more Yukon Club Swift next on WTIC. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Bell. I play lead guitar for Autograph and House of Lords. I'm from Wethersfield, Connecticut, and I am listening to Spotlight Connecticut with my good buddy, Morgan Cunningham. You know, thinking about Taylor Swift's success, obviously she's got a vision. She's got talent. She also has a great team because she couldn't organize all of this all on her own. And I'm looking at Club Swift at Yukon, which is you know, several hundred students going to these kinds of events. And the three of you, primarily Richmond, Alexa, Joseph, you're putting on these events. But you guys have a big support team, much like Taylor Swift. Are you resonating in any way with that, Joseph? We have a couple more people on the back. And we actually had somebody else uh, graduate, Allison, last year. She was one of the um, first four. Okay. And then we have a couple more members who we added to our executive board, working on um, event planning, on social media, um, and administration kind of stuff. And we also have a secretary uh, who went abroad. I think we're a team of eight at the moment. It's more like running a team than just running things with your friends now, but you really start to learn that everyone brings a new perspective to the table and that the more ideas, the more minds that can go into um, an event and the more hands and putting things together, 
really the better it comes out. And we've been able to do bigger and better um, events this year. Richmond, I'm curious, all three of you are seniors. You must be so busy with schoolwork and seeing friends and also putting together the club. I remember when I was in senior year, I was burned out, and I think I was burned out because I had so much going on, right? But you get through it all. I'm just curious how you're coping with all of these, not necessarily stressors, but duties that you have. Club Swift is my coping method, actually. Even though you have to do your studies and you're putting on these big events for several hundred students? Putting on these events, I see it as an exercise of, you know, um, I may be stressed with exams coming up or swim meets happening, or I'm a part of the club swim team. I'm a part of the healthcare management society. So a lot is happening, but with Club Swift, it gives me a chance to forget all of it, take a pause and pour my heart and soul into putting on an event about music. I, I've been able to sing at some of the events. Um, we do karaoke nights. And in that moment, I really, it, it's so freeing. It's just a nice stress release really to share a magical moment with the rest of campus, especially in my last uh, semester. Joseph, in your final moments here at UConn, also as a senior, I'm curious how Club Swift is for you. Is it a coping mechanism for any kind of stressors? Is it a stressor in running it itself? Something else? You know, I, I'm definitely with Richmond here. I, Club Swift, since the beginning, has been our passion project. We don't do it to try and make money out of it or to try and, you know, get a some some company to notice us or get Taylor to notice us and hire us or whatever. It's really just for fun um, to hang out with our friends and do creative things together and get people smiling. I think, you know, from the beginning, it's been, yeah, just about building that community of not people who are necessarily our friends, but people who enjoy things as enthusiastically as we do. And um, yeah. So it's it's been my coping mechanism. You know, I'm thinking back to COVID-19, which was a difficult time for everybody and in many different ways. And for some people, it was medical. For some people, it was family issues that were going on um, because of the pandemic. Or, you know, for others, it might have been socially because you weren't around other people. You weren't able to go out and do anything. And Alexa, for you, has Club Swift been this opportunity for you to kind of get back into the world as it was before? and start to enjoy activities and events with other people again? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we really noticed there was a void on campus of energy, of social interaction. The clubs that did exist, a lot of them were still very academically focused. And we wanted something that was a place for people just to have fun and get to enjoy something together and have a good time, which is why we started the club. And it's done that for me as well. I get to hang out with my friends, we get to put on something together. When we're doing e-board meetings to plan the events, it's, you know, partially about getting things done and then partially about socializing and getting to talk with each other and hang out. Wow, this is incredible. And I think that we're going to leave it on this one last thought and kind of like what we did earlier, I'm going to go one, two, three, left to right. So Richmond, we'll start with you. What are your visions for the club after you've left? For me, um, I, I really do hope that um, we're leaving the club in good hands with um, 
our team members that want to take it in the direction of growing even more, being recognized by large Yukon institutions even more, such as Huskython, Subog, which again puts on a lot of the concert-related events. Wink, wink, maybe Taylor can come. But uh, well, that would be great. I'll be covering <laughs> I, this story again if that happens. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I, I'd like to leave Club Swift in the hands of those who um, want it to continue to inspire others to um, celebrate Taylor, whether you're a Swifty or not, whether you're in your first year or you're a grad TA and you can connect over the song August on the Folklore album, um, Club Swift should continue to be a place for that to happen. Alexa, what about you? So when you've graduated, when you've left the club and it's moved on but still surviving, how do you view it going into the future? I think that the people we've left it with, they really understand the creative vision that us three and then Allison, who also started the club, instilled into it. And I want them just to be able to do more. We expanded the e-board and I hope that they're able to do that again and do even more events, but of the same quality and care as what we've done thus far. And I think that that's highly possible based on the people that we currently have on the e-board. And Joseph, what about you? After you've graduated and you've moved on and this club still lives on, how do you hope it survives in what form? I hope that we can continue this conversation of Taylor as an intellectual pursuit. I've seen a lot of actually Taylor Swift classes pop up around the country and internationally. And since we've had our roundtable business discussion on Taylor kind of as a unit, as a business, um, I think there's a lot to that. And I think there's a lot that people could study. So perhaps if um, our future eBoard members can work with faculty members to kind of craft a syllabus, kind of craft a, a course, I think that would be really, really cool. Well, you know, guys, I don't know why this story, when I read about it, it stood out to me and I said, I want to do a talk show on it. And I think that it might be in part because I know how difficult it is to do something at college, make a difference, make it popular, and also make it lasting. You know, the three of you are moving on and you've started this ball rolling and I think it's going to continue for some time into the future and uh, really indefinitely. As long as Taylor Swift is still popular, making music and people like her songs, I could see the club lasting. You know, I remember in college I had a friend who started um, like a food pantry on campus to help people who might have been food insecure. And she named it after herself. And uh, here it is five, six years later. She and I have graduated and it's still going on and it actually grew after her departure. And I know she's proud of that, that she's made a difference in helping other people. And I think that the three of you in whatever capacity, and Allison too, who isn't here today, I think that you all have grown something that will make a difference in quite a different way at UConn. So congratulations. Thank you, Morgan, for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. 
I want to thank Yukon Club Swift for coming on Spotlight Connecticut. Definitely a bit of an unusual show and a different topic altogether to get a bunch of people inspired by a musician and trying to learn some important life lessons from that musician than talking about them. So I thank them very much for coming on and sharing their story on WTIC News Talk 1080. Of course, topic ideas are welcome. I can't guarantee that I'm going to be interested or that we'll be able to get to them right away, but I want your ideas and any other feedback you might have. My email is the best way to get in touch with me. I'll share it in just a second so you can get a pad out and some pens and pencils and all of that. Morgan.Cunningham at odyssey.com. M-O-R-G-A-N dot C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M at odyssey.com. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080.